Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey. Probably wants a big amount of money and he's a pain in the ass. Judd Zolgad. Is there nothing you can't make awkward, Judd? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And welcome back to Real 1500 ESPN. Here are your hosts, Philip Mackey and Judson Zalgad. Put your flags up in the sky. Yes. I'm actually, now that it's upon us, even though the U.S. is out, I'm excited. I'm in. I'm not going to watch every game or have the same excitement as I would if the U.S. was in. But I'm in Uh on the World Cup. Looking at 538.com right now, and they have odds to, like, percentage odds to win the World Cup. Jamie Watson was in here before the show hanging out, and he told us these odds are wrong because they have Brazil number one, 19% chance to win the World Cup. And then Spain is number two in Group B at 17% to win the World Cup. And he said, that ain't going to happen because they just fired their coach 48 hours ago. Couldn't be. Do we know why? Yeah, he took another. He took a job, and I don't know if he didn't tell them or what. But he took a he took a, like a soccer job. He took or, a soccer. No, or, he, he took gas a gas station. No, he took a soccer job. He took a head coaching job, and I believe he didn't inform them, and so they got mad and fired him. Of another country? No, 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 no. A I'm cl- going to coach a Iceland club team. and no, Spain. No, a team. Uh, in fact, I'll fi- find it because it was a big deal uh, yesterday. I think he took a job in the country with a hmm. club team. Hmm. So not a not a uh, national job. So I don't know that could that could throw off the the chances or maybe Spain or could, maybe they rally. I was going to say that I saw somebody tweeted uh, with with the team yesterday immediately. This is very 1989 when uh, Bill Frieder took the Arizona State basketball job and Schembechler said, "I'm not having an Arizona State guy coach my team in the tournament." He dumped Frieder. Uh, they promoted Fisher to the head coaching job. And won the national title. See, so that's the I galvanizing. Think that's, a, that's a perfect parallel, right that, there. That's what could happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arizona State's, you know, it's warm weather, and like you know, Spain, warm. I think there's a, yeah, and the colors are kind of similar. Uh, Germany at fourteen percent, then France, Argentina, and England, and there's a bunch of teams with no chance, like Iceland, <laughs> Morocco. Yeah, at least they're there. Yeah. Uh, so my question is for, and I'm like I'm more in than you guys. I'm not all in on this, but. Are there parameters, are there things for you and Dave that could get you, like if you could say, all right, this, this, and this, if this, this, and this were different, Uh I would be glued for the most part 30 days World Cup or just soccer in general. Like I'd be much more in. Or is it just, what what, what do you think? I've given this 
some thought and I I the World Cup I, I enjoy because it's it's really good soccer. So it's a little like the Olympics. This is not to dismiss of, yeah. it, but but I think where I fall is this. I find this to be a fun event, but as far as being all in, like just I love this whole thing. Honestly, I think my response to you is I'm sort of tapped out on sports. Like I've got so much no, I've I've got my sports. I've got baseball. I've got hockey. Okay. I've got football. I've got basketball. We can't like take a little I bit enjoy, away from one of those. I, then... Well, no, no, we can, and and I'll watch this. But I'm saying for me to dive all in and say this is fantastic, and for 30 days I'm soccer guy. I don't think I have that capability. I think I am at at a point now where I, I appreciate it because my response previously about the sport was was part of the problem. I always thought in the 70s. Was they put a league here, but back to our conversation on uh, Wednesday, that league was, let's say, the 10th best league, and we didn't get EPL games at the time, and so we never saw the best of, of the sport. You're we, talking about the NASL, yes, right? Yes, yes. But we now, we now see on, on a consistent basis the best of this sport, and I enjoy it, and I will watch it casually. But I think as far as saying, all right, I'm going to be all in on soccer and I'm going to be in for a month on this, I would almost have to take another sport and and remove it to a certain degree, I guess is the best term. Could we dust off a little spot on the shelf and like, could we take but a I little basketball like, and move it over like, to the left? And I feel like that's what I'm doing here. Hmm. I feel Because I'm not denigrating this. I'm not saying it's not fun, but if you are saying, why can't you dive in the soccer pool and just be Mr. Soccer Obsessed for 30 days, that place is not available. Well, so let me let me use a beer analogy here. So you love you love craft beers and and you love, what what if soccer was your Michelob Ultra? Where you're you just like you don't need a lot of room calorically for it. Are they a sponsor? You're here? just gonna I don't think they are, but we'd like them to be at some point, so be careful. Okay. You know, what I if love it was like you put it on <laughs> just like a really light beer that once in a while you turn to I feel that's kind how of a I break it. from the other craft beers. I feel that's how I, I treat this, because I'll watch this. Yeah, it's like 4% alcohol, you know? And it's, and I'm not Mr. U.S. here, so the fact that our country didn't make it, because if they, if they made a run, it would be fun, but the fact that our country didn't make it doesn't mean I won't watch it. And and that was my point yesterday. Is I do think that potentially casual sports fan might have said the U.S. is in it. I love it, and now they're they're not. And I think that person doesn't even turn it on. I I definitely will. What about you, Dave? What is there any other parameters that if you could get this and this and this out of soccer, then you'd just be much more invested, or is it a lost cause? I'd need to see it first. I don't. Know. I mean, it's not a lost cause. Like I said yesterday, if the U.S. was in it, I'd have a little interest. If they made a run, I'd certainly watch, but. I mean, right now, I, I have Russia and Saudi Arabia on the TV in here. So oh, what channel? I'm watching. It's on Fox. It's on the Big Fox. Oh, the Big Fox. Oh, yeah. It's, it's for real. It's showing that, huh? It's well, absolutely That's a really real. bad match. Is Russia up 9 nothing already? Oh, no. I guess Russia's absolutely terrible. They're awful. They are just a Russia. Like, you, go, you get to the field and Russia's goal is like 10 times as large as the other team. <laughs> Both teams are terrible, I'm told. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but I mean, I, I'll have it on in here, but once I go home, I won't turn it on. Just... I guess it's the nationalist interest, maybe, but with the U.S. out, eh, it does, does, doesn't, doesn't do it for me. The sport doesn't do do a whole lot for me. I think part of it is, you know, all of us were when, when you were born into the sports that you love. For Dave and I, let's say it was the '80s, early '90s, and for Judd, it was the the '70s, early '80s. And you, 
grew into NBA, NHL, uh, baseball, football, and they had been around for decades. We were talking with Jamie Watson about this before the show. You like when I started liking baseball, I heard stories about how the Cubs haven't won a World Series since 1908, and the Red Sox had a drought going back to the Babe Ruth curse. And there's so there's all these storylines that you're sort of born into as a fan. And what makes it even better is if you have a local team that you're born into and you just become this emotionally attached fan. And where soccer has a problem is MLS is the closest thing to a top league, and it's not even one of the top five. It's it's on the way. It keeps it's it's climbing the ladder for sure. And it's awesome that we have a team now, Minnesota United FC. But unless you were born now and MLS has been around for 20 years, and by the time you're a sports fan, it's been around for 25 or 30 years, and and the Loons have a history, it's hard just to start it from scratch, fandom, when there's no local connection and the league is new, right? Absolutely. There has yes. to be some sort of, like baseball's been around since the 1800s. There's a history to all of this, In the yes. NBA, you hear stories growing up about the the bird magic rivalry, right? And you Vikings it. fans have that. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we could play soccer when we were kids, Phil, but to watch it on TV? It didn't exist. That was a chore. Even when MLS first kicked off, it, I mean, even that was a chore at that point. But before MLS, you just didn't watch soccer on TV. Yeah, you watch baseball be. every weekend. You watch football every Sunday, basketball, hockey. But I don't know if we could watch. If, if when little Dave Harrigan and little Phil Mackey when we started watching the Twins and Kirby Puckett in 1991, I don't think we even had the option of watching soccer on yeah. TV in I don't 1991. Remember, I remember going to a couple Strikers games. I think they played at Met Center, right, John? They did indoors. The bright yes. orange ball. I got. I had a wow, bright you, orange you soccer must have ball. Been a pup. Oh, I was but, a pup. I absolutely was. But I just but, remember having but, gone at least once, but indoor never so- watching it on TV. Indoor soccer was popular here because they scored a ton of goals. Mm-hmm. See, that that's the thing, too, is the one thing in this country that we want to see is goal scoring, right? Or runs scored. And soccer... Well, we want results. Yeah. and We want results from whatever the action is. Like, we want... We want more than one nothing. That's the point. You're right. Well, once in a while, I want a three-run bomb and for nil, my troubles. And right? nil, Except in basketball. Play some defense. Let's go. <laughs> and nil-nil is not sexy. It's not attractive. It's not yeah. that much fun to us. Mm-hmm. Now, well, what were the, like, in, to the basketball example, the lowest ratings in the history of the NBA in terms of finals ratings are when the, when the league just got super bogged down at the end of the Jordan era. And it got bogged down at the end of the Jordan era, too, but Michael Jordan was still in the league. When it was Nets and Spurs and the Pistons yeah, again, it was incredibly it hard was, to watch. Yeah, scoring it was not good defense. Injured. It was boring. Mm-hmm. And I, I've said too, we have our boring sport here. It's baseball. Like if if you if you want to go through your sport where you talk about the beauty of the game and the nuance, and you don't get it, it's baseball to, to us. Where soccer though is get, getting an advantage now is baseball takes so long. But if you go back to the 70s and 80s and look at time of game for baseball, it wasn't as bad. And so I always said that we have, in in our minds, our sport that we get. Because if you talk to true soccer fan, they basically will tell you, you don't get the sport. And baseball was our sport where where we would talk about, well, if you watch the catcher and the pitcher do this, you you don't get get it if you're not a true fan. So, but where I think soccer fans now are multiplying is saying, okay, but if I go to a soccer game, guess what? I'm there for two two ten or something like that, two fifteen, as opposed to a baseball game where I might have to be there for yeah, three oh eight. You don't get the sport thing because hockey fans do that more often than baseball fans. You like it's a hockey fan thing. We just don't get the sport. And soccer fans, I think soccer fans do it the most. And then I think hockey fans do it a lot. And it's not, it, it might be true 10% of the time, 
just because I don't like your sport or just because I think there are things that should be different about your sport doesn't mean that I don't get your sport. So when soccer fan pulls that card, no no pun intended, red or yellow, uh, it's a lame card to pull. Like, we get your sport. Guys are running around. They're playing tic-tac-toe. They're trying to get openings, and they're trying. We get it. We get it. It's just that you're falling down. Yeah, we kind of fading injuries. Right, we get that too. <laughs> like we want the score to be five to three, not one to nothing. I'm just That's, sort of tapped out, man. My sports love. It's all filled up. My heart is all filled up with four sports. I don't have a lot more room here. Not a lot of soccer room. I have more room than you do, then, because I'm in on golf. I'm in on tennis. When the majors I feel like you do. I feel like you and do. Soccer. Tennis, Wrestling. I'm tennis, I'm totally out on. Soccer, I'll watch. Golf, I'll watch. Tennis, completely out. No interest whatsoever. Uh, Bubba Watson is five over here, too. In fact, we should probably do another U.S. Open update, and we'll get our guy, golf guy from Boulder Point, Nick Peters, who is listening and streaming the show right now. Is it from Utah? Park like, City, like, I believe. It's on a mountain range somewhere, staring at uh, glass-like water. So we'll talk to him. And later on... The Crafty Rogues will come in studio for some entertainment. They can explain some of this to us, the World Cup, in about 45 minutes. Because we don't get the sport. Clearly we don't. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Judd Show will continue in a moment. Hang on a second. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Prepare to be dazzled. On 1500 ESPN. Yeah, see, now there's a guy who doesn't need weight training. Mark Leishman has a dad bod. Yeah, that guy's my He's hero. Got the beer love handles. Yep. The moobs. And you know what? Still a professional golfer. He is. So what yep. the hell? Uh, before we get to our friend, golf guy at Boulder Point, Dave Harrigan has a U.S. Open leaderboard update. Let's survey the carnage here. And it's getting worse by the moment. We have dropped from seven guys under par to now only five. Wow. Ian Poulter, Matt Kuchar. Hanging in there in the lead. They are both two under par. Scott Piercy, Charlie Hoffman, and Russell Knox, the only other players under par. They are all one under par. Ooh, scrolling down. Let's see some of the names. We've got Phil Mickelson. He's a plus four. Bryson DeChambeau also at a plus four. Bubba Watson, five over. Jordan Spieth, five over. What's Phil Mickelson's combined score with the button-down golf shirt? If you go back to the Masters, he's like twenty-seven be like over right now. A lot now. of pit sweat. It's bad. A lot it's of really pit bad. sweat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There he is, right there. He's trying to trying to work it a little bit. I think he should undo oh. the top button. He just looks uncomfortable. Rory McIlroy is nine over. What is going on? It's not. not <laughs> Rory, you're right play, You're only one stroke better than the NHL ref. <laughs> Garrett Rank is ten over. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nick Peters is our golf major correspondent, golf guy at Boulder Point. Although you're. Uh, are you climbing mountains right now in Utah? What are you doing? Well, I'm out here with the, the gals out here for a conference for um, her business. And oh, I, look I at just you, came mooching a free the, trip. The, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> the, the scenery out here and the, the photography opportunities, it was just something I, I had to come out and do. So, yeah, I'm up at uh, Snowbird Ski Resort right now, uh, about 9,000 feet, getting uh, ready to hike back to uh, some backwoods mountain lake to uh, do some photography, hopefully see some moose and antelope, and uh, just enjoy the day outside. Be careful out there, Peters. I love how Judd's first be reaction careful. to that isn't, wow, that sounds amazing. No, no, Judd's like, no. oh, well, you're outside, be careful. Be careful out there. Oh, my there. God, you might see a moose. Those moose can be mean, Step Nick. on your feet. <laughs> I, I, I could probably outrun a moose going downhill. I could just kind of tuck and roll and probably uh, get down to the bottom faster than it. <laughs> That's a good... 
Yes. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing, though. There's uh, there's still quite a bit of snow on top of these some of these mountains where uh, we were walking around yesterday. It's it's kind of weird to be 80 degrees and still walking through snow. See, be careful. Judd would say, be careful. Yeah, you be get careful frostbite again. up there. Yeah, you, you might know. slip and fall or yeah, something. If your hand lands in the snow and it stays in there for too long, frostbite. So uh, I, I I've been following. You've been tweeting at us a little bit, and I think now that we've and you called this you called this before the tournament started, but. Uh, are you still sticking by winning score over par at the U.S. Open? If it stays windy like this, that would not be shocking. No, I, I don't think there's really uh, much reason to think that it's not possible. I mean, it, it sounds like it's pretty windy there right now, and it it's only supposed to get worse this afternoon. So the guys that are going to go out this afternoon, I think we're going to see some some pretty hefty numbers from some of these guys. And I don't know if you guys had watched any. I was watching some of the earlier coverage before I took off from the hotel, and they had uh, – Mickelson hitting a shot from next to, I think, the 12th green after he hit a wayward second shot. Yes. And he actually called an official over to see if he could, like, hold some grass to the side so he could at least see his ball when he was swinging at it. And obviously he couldn't, but he, he hit an amazing shot. But <laughs> I think you're going to – you see the USGA, they really push the envelope a lot of times with some of these courses as far as, you know, making it firm and fast and the long rough and all that stuff. I think the difference with Shinnecock, Shinnecock is the uh, there's still plenty of room in these fairways to play. you got to hit it quite a ways offline to, to get into big trouble, but you just I think they got to be smart with how they play it. You know, play some shorter shots off the tee instead of always wanting to hit driver like these guys do and just have, you know, longer shots into the greens and I, I think it's still a playable course and it's not an overly unfair course. I think it's still pretty fair, but these guys just need to be a little bit smarter with how they're playing and not be so aggressive all the time, but it's, it's one of those things where a lot of these guys just have aggression and go for flags in their mind all the time and it's it's totally different this week this is fun though nick i i mean i'm, I'm certainly not mr golf all the time but it's fun to watch guys this good struggle th- this much so i i agree and again it just goes back to the fact that while these guys are some of the best players in the world they still aren't perfect and hit some wayward shots and they're you know severely penalized when they do that on week like the u.s open uh, Rory is plus nine, like Dave said, and has a 20-footer for par here. And he still has about seven or eight holes to go. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about Bryson DeChambeau's hat? Not just today, but just in general. I think it just kind of goes along with his unlikability in general. I just There's something something about him. He just has this kind of, I don't know, eager ego or arrogance to him where he thinks he's smarter than everybody else and is going to you know, be smarter than the game of golf and figure it all out because of you know, what he went to school for and how smart he is. And then he just throws on that hat that makes you dislike him even more. <laughs> Which golfer on, on tour right now do you absolutely despise or hate the most? Uh, probably Bubba Watson. Just because of arrogance or what? He lights up his caddy a lot, like unnecessarily. Yeah, just, I don't know. I, he, he just doesn't really seem that likable. And it's one of those things where he tries to, you know, put on that that fake, happy, nice guy persona when the cameras are around. Yep. And you can really kind of see through it when he does it. And when they're not around, you, you hear a lot of stories about how, how big of a jerk he is and whatever. But I guess everybody has their, their bad days and can be that way. But it seems like more often than not, you hear that he's that way towards people. Yeah. How's our guy Tiger going to fare here? He tees off in about two hours and 25 minutes. What's going to happen? Well, I, I don't think I can go back on my words after you know around the Masters time when I said he was going to win this week. But I believe you said by um, eight strokes. You got a little. We forced you into a write that down prediction and made you pick a score, and you did say eight stroke victory. So 
Right. So, so is, is he going to win it at like five over, and the next guy's going to be thirteen over? I mean, who, who knows? I mean, I think you might see guys right now that are seven, eight, or nine over, and you're thinking, oh, well, they're out of it. Well, if they can kind of get into the house at seven or eight or nine over, and then shoot one or two over tomorrow and be ten or eleven over, they'll probably be, you know, inside the cut line. So they take, take the top sixty guys, and who knows if there's only one or two guys at or under par, the next. 60 guys could very easily be 10 or 12 over to still make the cut. Yeah, I agree with that. This is the type of tournament because usually you're so used to the winning score, 10, 15, 20 under par for PGA Tour events, even for a lot of majors lately. And this is the type of event where you can slip five, six, seven, eight strokes over par and then just sort of hang on on Friday and, and let the field come back to you. And now Jordan Agreed. Spieth just missed a. Just this a, is unbelievable. Give me par putt. Well, the problem is, first of all, these greens are sure. probably absurd. Yeah. And secondly, the wind is blowing twenty five or thirty miles an hour, and the wind is. It, it's not often where the wind is so aggressive that they have to factor it in when they're putting too. Yeah. No, it's like clear. they're like factoring it's wind clear in they're, when they're trying, putting. and it's not working. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Um, any any other thoughts? Any final thoughts as you're as you're watching this first round or just surveying the rest of the weekend golf guy at Boulder Point. You know, I, I think you're just gonna you're gonna probably see some some names today that you don't recognize that go out and shoot a couple over and are near the top of the leaderboard. But we see that all the time in majors. The first couple couple days, it's a, maybe a little bit easier, and some guys can go out there and shoot a number. But then by the time Saturday and Sunday rolls around, the cream of the crop always rises to the top. So I still think, even though you know a guy like Jordan or Phil or some, somebody that's still a few over par right now could still you know go out tomorrow and like you said play around par and can still be there for the weekend. So even even with going out today and starting off early, I don't think you can really count anybody out at this point with the way the U.S. Open you know sets up the courses and the way they they play let it play out. So you, you never you never know tomorrow after today they might go tomorrow and dial it back a little bit and maybe try to put some pins in easier spots. Even though on a course like this, there's not really any easy pins you can really set up, but they could shorten up some of the holes and give them more of a chance to shoot better numbers tomorrow. Maybe, but that's really not how the USGA, USGA usually does it. But you never know. So I don't think after today and tomorrow, don't count anybody out still, no matter how far off they are. Right on. All right. Good stuff. Enjoy and, the uh, trip, Nick. And be careful, okay? You're yeah, outside. Be careful out there. You never know what can happen uh, when you're outside. Those, those moose careful. can, I'm telling you, those moose can be really mean. What, what, just watch right, your back around the moose. All right. Take care, guys. See you. Right, bye. Nick Peters, golf guy at Boulder Point, friend of the show. I'm surprised he's out outdoors during the open, too. I thought he'd be... Planted well, it in front along. of the TV. I thought he might let the gal go on the trip and say, "I got to stay back." I'm well, not going to be able to. I think he's following it. the coverage on a smartphone. That's how he's listening to our show today. Well, that's that's outstanding. I just saying, I'm surprised he's not sitting on his couch watching us. Four days of golf without the gal. I just, it's you know, it's an attractive option. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it's an attractive option. Your disdain for any outdoor activity. Oh, is I don't like really I something don't, amazing, and it's not an act. Like, oh, I know not, it's not okay. an act. I just want to be very clear. This is not for, this is not, I don't do this for the airwaves and then let's, let's go outside. I really hate the outdoors. I mean, you take the dog for a walk once in a while, but that's about it, I right? I take her for a daily walk around the park. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, but there's a How difference. How long is that walk? I timed it yesterday, a uh, half hour. Oh, okay. Around the park, around, because I go around, I go down our block to the park, around the park, up the next block, and then come back. Okay, so I don't care hour. about the route. I just want to No, I'm just giving you the route. I need more specifics on the route. I'm just giving you the route. Uh, What's the terrain like? Is it uphill at any point? There's undulation. Definite un- undulation. Fescue? There's fescue in the park, no question. Which the, do- fescue which the dog in the park. Sounds which, like a weird concert series. <laughs> which the dog enjoys. 
She finds the fescue every time. I'll give her that. Much like Rory McIlroy today, mm-hmm. apparently. 10 over par. All right, what's coming up in Stuff You Should Know About? We've got an injury to discuss. We've got a fight to discuss. Pat Royce issued you guys a challenge, I believe, and a bad luck pitcher we need to talk about as well. All right. We are watching the U.S. Open, and also we're watching we're watching the World Cup on the TCL TV uh, 55 inch TCL 4K Roku TV. There's a new lineup of these uh, these bad boys inside major local retailers in the Twin Cities that you can go check out for yourself. But watching sports on this TV is just glorious. G- golf, all the colors pop. Every time Rory McElroy is behind eight inches of fescue and rough and bunkers, you get to see all the colors popping on the TCL TV here that's in our studio. There's a reason why it's America's fastest growing TV brand. You get the best picture quality. You get the most streaming options. You know, connected TVs are definitely becoming more of a thing. And so TCL has gotten out in front of that curve, making it easier for you to connect to, whether it's your cable satellite channels on one page and then all of your streaming channels and subscriptions on the next page with no cords attached to built-in Roku device with no external cords. So again, any major local retailer here... Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're buffoons. Mackey and Judd. They are not buffoons. On 1500 ESPN. Ah, they are buffoons. Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by KFC. Get the new Krispy Kernel sandwich from KFC. The new KFC Krispy Kernel $5 fill-up with wedges, cookie, and a drink. This offer is not everywhere and not forever. Prices may vary. Tax and substitutions extra. City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. I want to know. All right, Dave. We're buffoons, but clearly you're not, so why don't you give us stuff? Thank you very much, Judd. I'm happy you recognize it. Let's talk about your favorite sport and Brooks Orpic, Washington Capitals. Remember a slash he took in game two from Eric Howla, Judd? Uh, vaguely, yes, I actually do. It's a hard slash, a very hard slash that I believe uh, Howla got a five-minute major. Yes, five-minute major and a game misconduct on the slash. Hmm. Okay. We hmm. now know the devastation that it did on the hand, or the finger, I should say, of one Brooks Orpik. Oh, God. It probably looked worse than it was, to be honest with you. It was tough to look at. But the the trainers did a really good job. It was never something that I thought would keep me from playing. It kind of fell off. What? He lost a piece of a finger. It just kind of fell off. Lost a piece of a finger. Trainers sewed it back on. And, of course, he kept playing. More badass than Ronnie Lott cutting a finger off to play or less badass? Uh, I I think it's a little bit less because he didn't. In Lot's case, he actually said, lop the top of my finger off. And if I'm not mistaken, they did it, and that was it, and it was gone. So it's close. I give the edge to Ronnie Lot. I would give the edge to Ronnie Lot as well, or Byron Buxton playing through fouling a ball off his foot, too. That was, uh, that's, that's pretty, yeah. pretty high up on that right list. Toenail fell right off. He lost yeah. a toenail, you know. Pretty high up on that list. That is, oh, that's gross. That's not good. You don't want to lose toenails. I think I assume that's what you're referring to, right? No, I'm talking about Brooks's finger. Oh. The part of that falling off and being reattached. Hernandez bangs a base hit to the opposite field. Kemp headed for the plate. Mazzara's throw up the line. And he is out. 
The benches are clearing after the collision. Matt Camp getting into it with Rangers catcher Robinson. What's his name again? It's uh, something. Chirinos, that's Chirinos. his name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, he was thrown out at the plate, out by two feet, but he decided to lower the shoulder into Chirinos, who didn't exactly take kindly to it. This was Camp on the play after the game. No, he's blocking the plate. I didn't have a. I don't know the rule. I don't even know how it works. You know, I didn't have a clear path to slide. Um, all I could really think about when I saw him blocking the plate was uh, Washington when I slid in the home and, and messed up my ankle. So I didn't. I didn't want to do that again. What is the rule there? I if thought, he's blocking the plate, isn't isn't Matt Kemp safe? He had the ball. No, he had the ball. But I, so if he blocks the plate and he has possession of the ball, the runner can run into you. Correct? I don't know the rule either. Really, <laughs> apparently, I mean, it's it's in it's in there somewhere. It just drives me crazy. I love that uh, Matt Kemp's like I don't really care. You, you have to provide him, a path right. unless the ball is thrown into the path, but then you can get the ball. But he caught the ball when Kemp was still two steps away. He, which isn't all that far, but it's kind of far. Yeah, it's really hard this it's is, to figure this out. This is it's major silly. league sports. These guys are paid millions of dollars. They're men. They can barrel into each other, okay? If you're going to block the plate, you're inviting a collision. Let's just have it. Honest to God. This is like high school, I get the must slide. Legion, I also get it. Even college. But come on. If you're going to block the plate and you're a catcher, you're going to get barreled into. Don't get all upset about it. It's just, it's stupid. If you want to know real quick uh, on a different layer, <gasps> yeah. there's a guy on this U.S. Open coverage showing you how aggressive <laughs> the rough is. So he's dropping these golf balls just into the, it's just like the first and second cut of rough before the fescue, and the ball completely disappears. You don't see the ball anymore. You're wondering why Rory, Rory McIlroy's 10 over par and everyone else is over par today. <gasps> he's pulling the tape measure. Two feet of rough he's measuring with the tape oh, measure. you're right, you can't see the ball it's anymore. Amazing. That's fescue. This Bill, isn't how it is. Rough. Rough. That's fescue. Well, that's, that- that's fescue. But it's also rough. <laughs> no, I thought rough was beyond the fescue. No, no, no. The rough is before the fescue. Right. That, that, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. It's fescue, then rough. But fescue is also just rough. It's just longer rough. It's, it's all grass. Okay. Oh, is it a Como? Not quite 24 inches. Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. And the beers are flowing, by the way. Which they should be for Rory. They should be on this sweet. course, then. I'm, if These I'm guys, Rory, I need, a, start, I need a beer. I'd start drinking. <laughs> High fly, right field, deep, retreating Bruce, at the track, at the wall, gone! Towering moonshot to right field, Freeman has cracked another home run. And it's two to nothing Braves, that is a huge run. It was a huge run, part of a victory the Braves had over the New York Mets and Jacob deGrom. Can we talk about Jacob deGrom a little bit, Mets starting pitcher? sure. He has now, over his last 10 starts, carried an ERA of 0.87. It's pretty good. The Mets have lost how many of those games, oh, do you think? It was 10 games? 10 games, his ERA as the starting pitcher, under 1. 0.87. I mean, you shouldn't lose more than about three of those games, it's, right? You it, shouldn't lose any of them. But. I'm going to guess eight. You nailed it, Judd. They the Mets eight. are two and yeah. <laughs> eight over those ten games. In his last five, he has gone at least seven innings, allowed two runs or fewer. The Mets have lost all five. Good That's for your the old Mets, club, man. David. That's your old club. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Good for the Meet Mets. Meet the Mets.
11 and 27 since the start of May. Way to go, boys. At one time, they were the hottest team in baseball. 11, them and the Red Sox kicking off the season. Yeah, one of, the, one of these teams is not like the other. Mickey <laughs> Calloway. We, we, we now go live to Brooks Kepka's biceps, apparently. My God. I have a man crush, and it's Brooks Kepka. That's how I think I look in a golf shirt. Oh, when I look in the mirror in the morning, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Brooks Kepka right there. I'm looking at you in a golf shirt. Not, it's, it's pretty close, not. though, right? Actually, no. Nope. Pretty close? Nope. No. Not even close. Actually, nope. pretty close? No? Okay. No, nope. it's not there. Nope. The yeah. side of the room is uh, not in shape. There's no question about it. <laughs> so, let's talk about the genius of Joe Madden. Let's do it. Yesterday, Cubs, Brewers, late innings, Cubs trailing by a run, one to nothing. You bring in the right-hander. First batter gets on base, infield single. So, Brewers bring in the lefty. You bring in the lefty. Brian Dunsing, he comes in. But what do you do with the right-hander? You don't send him to the dugout. That's silly. You put him in left field. Because you want to use him again. Exactly. Dunsing gets the strikeout. We swap position. Brian Dunsing goes to left. We bring in the righty again. We get another out. Oh, we're bringing up another lefty to the plate. I think we bring Brian Dunsing back in. We don't need the right-hander anymore, though. Let's just throw Wilson Contreras, uh, Contreras back out in left field. Sure enough, fly ball to left, ends the inning, no runs given up. What an absolute genius Brian Dunsing <laughs> on his manager. It's a little terrifying, to be honest. Um, a lot of praying going on out there that they came up to the right field to the left. So it was fun. I mean, something I've never done before, so... Uh, not that it was ever a box, but I guess I didn't check it off. You know, <laughs> I mean, I would say a real genius manager would have figured out a way to get one run in a nine-inning game against the Brewers and not lose one to nothing. But hey, well, you're just saying. See, if, why if, are you so bitter? I would Dave? say if Ron Gardenhire was the visionary that Joe Madden was, and he wouldn't have suscepted. Is that even a word? It if is he, now. If he wouldn't have left Brian Dunsing susceptible to right-handed batters. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Oh, I guess we've got two lefties, but a righty sandwich between them, and then Dunsing gets shelled by the righty, and his ERA goes up. Yep. Joe Madden says, no, we're going to put you in left field for the righty. And didn't uh, didn't Schwarber start in, in left? So I, I thought in the inning alone that they actually ended up with four left fielders. Schwarber, the two pitchers, and then Contreras. That the is end. correct. Yes, yeah, Schwarber was pulled uh, when they fir- moved the uh, first pitcher out. Do you not appreciate that? Yeah, I mean, see, the complete genius of Joe Madden. Maybe your Mets wouldn't be 11-27 and 27 yeah. since the end of April and if Mickey they were Calloway. more innovative. Yeah, well, I mean, just... Hey, put a run on the board if you're so smart. Huh? How, about a, how about a bunt once in a while, Joe? Let's get it done. Yeah. Let's talk about the links. Bunt to win. Cheryl Reeve your called the start bunt. of yesterday. Yeah, your team can't yeah, even I score mean, a run and get, yeah, a, your, get a runner on base from what we're I hearing. I mean, what, what are the stats now? Did, did we play last night again? We did. Did we finally score? Did you get a, a base runner in the first inning? First guy got on base. There right. it is. Right. Right. Was, did he bunt? No, it was via air, but it counts. <laughs> give the stat. It counts. Give the stat. I'm not going to give the stat because the stat is over. We got runners no. on base, <laughs> and we won the game last stat. night. 7-3, big win. The, going going for that, two in a row tonight. Entering that game, what was the stat about your team's... Uh, Runners in the first three innings of play. Somebody did the math and found out that over the first three games, we hadn't had a runner reach base in the first three innings yeah. of either of those games. 0 for 27, 27 up, 27. I don't know who did the math on that, who figured it out, me. But 
it's not the best when you're playing only a seven inning game to yeah. not get a base runner. No, it's like half board. the game. My yeah. favorite part about this is Dave is the manager, and Dave was saying, I mean, like someone's got to drop a bunt down or something to get on base, and I'm like, well, can't the manager call for a bunt? And he's like, I. No, like I mean, no, he like said the no, manager babe. should be pulling some strings. Yeah. Maybe call for a little. Oh a little no, the razzle, manager dazzle. instructed kids that maybe you want to start thinking about doing this here. But like, then they didn't do it, or start thinking about your next sport because you're maybe not a baseball player. Not a bad. <gasps> All right, Cheryl Reeve called yesterday the start of a three day training camp for her Minnesota Lynx. Oh, we're back Obviously, to training camp. Not, not a very good start. Oh, Square God. one felt complaining that players are not putting the Lynx as a higher priority as perhaps they have in the past. Uh oh. She was also then asked specifically about Lindsay Whalen. Wow. Considering she's got that other job now. And she's a basketball coach. I mean, the other job being Mondays with Mackie and Judd is what right, I'm referring exactly, to. Yeah. Uh, she did say, however, that it's it's not Lindsay when she's in the house. It's all links. That's not the root of the problem. So don't go muckraking all you journalists. I mean, isn't doesn't Cheryl have a podcast now that's been distracting her from coaching that's duties, a too? Very good point. A lot of people being pulled a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, this was discussed yesterday on the ride with Royce and Patrick said, ah, you know, if Phil and Judd cared one lick about the links, they could get two segments out of this story. Let's see you guys get two minutes out of it. Go. Well, I mean, it's very clear. I, well, I'm going to give you no, no, no. I've got some knowledge about this. I've got some knowledge. I've got. I've You're got killing a, time. I know. I've I've got a source. I've got a source who has season tickets and has told me that there are some issues with the aging of this team, and that let's just say the head coach, who is one of the best in the game as GM, might not be as savvy of GM, and that certain trades made with Phoenix and Seattle aren't panning out, and that the backup point guard that they got for Whalen from Phoenix. Can't shoot all that well, causing the Rubio-like defense wow. of we're not going to guard her. Wow. And so there's some issues there. And let's just, I, Cheryl is the GM. There Listen, are some question marks. I just find it a little hypocritical if the coach is going to call out the players for not putting the links as a higher priority. And the coach has launched her own podcast that coincides with the WNBA season. I mean, that feels a little hypocritical to me. A little hypocritical to podcast. me, okay? I'm just saying. Do you I th- want to tell me more about the podcast? I don't know that much about the podcast. Okay. Other than I'm not familiar with it. If if your if your day is a pie chart or your week is a pie chart, <laughs> okay, and you could devote 100 percent of your time to links or WNBA related things, uh-huh. it can't possibly be 100 percent anymore, right? No, I'm I mean, just true. saying. If you're, you know? if you're busy doing a podcast, you're absolutely right. I don't know. So. Have we gotten to two minutes yet? No, you're at 90 seconds, even with Judd's filibustering. So, sorry, couldn't quite do it. No. Nice effort. We came so close. Cheryl Reed, job watch. That's what we need. If you want to take it seriously, she's going to have to be included now. All right, let's do it. Starting tomorrow, Cheryl Reed, job watch watch will be in. (laughs) I think it's a good idea. Uh, I I think think it's a very good idea. I think breaking news, I think Rory McIlroy just part a hole. Did somebody actually do something? He part a hole, everybody. Very, very good, Rory. Congratulations. Heck of a job. Um... Judd, why don't you talk about prime mortgage lending? I will indeed. And if you are considering your options when it comes to a mortgage, I want to suggest my friends at Prime and Kent McCullough. And I want to do it, folks, because this isn't about simply selling you on something. This is about earning your trust first. That's what Prime wants to do. That's what Kent wants to do. In fact, they would rather earn your trust than actually sell you that loan. And now you're saying, well, that sounds fantastic. It sounds almost too good to be true. And Judd, what does that mean? And I'm going to tell you. means while Prime would love to have you as a client, what they really want to do, what Prime wants to do, what Kent wants to do, they want to 
sit down and meet with you first. They want to explain their plan, and then after that, the decision is up to you. That's because this is about two very important things in all walks of life. Those things are collaboration and teamwork. Prime believes in that, and so does Kent. It's what they're all about. It's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of that. Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad. This descent into decrepitude is going to be long and agonizing. Mackey and Judd. It's going to be absolutely horrific to watch. On 1500 ESPN. Now up for grabs on the 1500 ESPN stream player, a $15 iTunes gift card. Thanks to Luther Brookdale Toyota Shop or Mackie Shop. Head to 1500ESPN.com. Click on the stream player to find out how to win. Boy, this is, uh, this is it's fun to watch. I'm not sure if it's yeah. fun to be playing right now at Shinnecock. Let's throw it back to Dave Harrigan for a U.S. Open leaderboard carnage update. Welcome back, gentlemen, where we now have two players under par for the tournament. Two, and that is out of a grand total of 78, I believe, that we have on the course right now. Yikes. Scott Piercy, one under par. Ian Poulter, one under par. And that's it. Uh, that's some, all. You some got... dude, uh, Steele, just bombed a birdie in from about 20 feet here. Brendan Steele. Yeah, there's a lot of doubles. Rory has at least three double bogeys on the day so far. Yeah, Kucher, Charlie Hoffman, they're among a group of uh, five golfers that are even. Uh, the rest are over par. You've got, ooh, where, do, where do we got Rory? Rory's up to double digits over. Congratulations. Yeah, way to go, Rory. Yeah, man. If you're going to go bad, go really bad. Go all in. Yep. Not all as bad as bad. Scott Gregory. That poor guy, 21 over through 17. <laughs> I would walk off the course right now and hit the bar and forget about today as quick as possible. <laughs> you would do that if you were five under, too. Okay, though. but that's not what I'm saying. You would if do I was that, good at golf, I would, too. You would do that just because it's Thursday. I might do it when I get home. I might drink four of these guys when I get home today. Some of the other notables, Jason Day, eight over. Bubba Watson, seven over. Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, both six over. Bryson DeChambeau, a delightful human being as far as I'm concerned, five over. <laughs> With a great name. Should play for the Montreal Well, Canadiens. you know, so Bryson DeChambeau, you can't anchor your putter against your belly anymore. Mm-hmm. They got You can use the long putter, but you can't anchor it against your belly. Look at this wind, though. This poor guy standing out in the middle, he's going to blow yeah, right it's away. Bad. It's very windy. You you can, <laughs> but you can anchor it against your arm. Well, you interrupted my story to, t- to say it's windy. No, Thank you, Judd. They showed a guy and he's going to blow windy. away. Oh, my God. You, you pointed out the wind before. Yeah, not in the middle of make, your sentence. I didn't make fun of you. I didn't mock you, you for You know that. what you should do more no, often? You know, we're not fighting today, though. You I'm should, not fighting with you today. You should listen a little more often. Okay. We're not fi- We're not. Stop with it right now. Let's move on. I, I, apo- I will apologize for interrupting your story. <laughs> Go back to your story. Not fighting today. So you can anchor your putter to your arm, apparently. Yeah. So he has a long putter that he uses as like an extension of his bicep up in his <laughs> armpit if you watch him putt. So it's like it's like he's taped his putter to his arm so that he anchors it a little bit more aggressively. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very precious. Um, you know, we haven't even, we've been two hours into this and we haven't talked about the Twins' epic blown loss last night. Uh, if there was a pie chart of Twins' loss last night, would Addison Reed take the largest chunk? Would no, the an off- offense the that offense failed would. to get a hit between the first and the eighth innings? Reed's been bad of late, but they can't score. I, this has become, for me now, a broken record situation, but Miguel Sano should not be here. It's ridiculous. He just shouldn't be and here. he's not in the lineup today. 
he's uh, they're playing a day goes a noon start yep. time today, and he is not in the lineup today. Nor should he be. But I'm a, I'm absolutely active, terrible. I'm actively becoming disappointed in this front office for not sending him down. I don't know what they're doing. Well, I think they're trying to figure out. Okay, how is he going to respond to it? And is there somebody that I guess they they could put Chris Carter on the forty man roster if they wanted to? Fine, yeah. There's a couple other guys here too. I mean, my guy Robbie Grossman. He's playing left field today. Have to shut the lights off in the Robbie Grossman uh, bandwagon. <laughs> Go back. And, to and, okay, he had a. Did you see his throw from right field yesterday, last night? I was not watching. I was listening. Oh my god! So it was the it, it was the eighth inning where they scored all the runs. Yep. And there was a base hit to right field. He comes up throwing, and there's maybe going to be a play at the plate. And he throws it like 30 feet up the line and over everybody into the camera well. Like, why is he? If you can't Jock throw. Jock Jones like. <laughs> yeah. At least Jock Jones could track down a fly ball once in a while. Why in God's name is Robbie Grossman playing in the outfield back-to-back days? Yeah, I have no idea. I, I don't know. But... The frustrating thing here is is it seems like every time we talk about this team now after a loss, it's sort of the same themes. It, it doesn't really change. No, it doesn't. Although Barrios was awesome last night. Barrios didn't even have his best stuff. Like he was, uh, he got out of all like over two big jams. I think at one point when it was still a one run game, there was runners on second and third with nobody out. And he gets out of that jam, stomps on first base, but then you know, relievers came in and. Such is the case. The Twins are uh, now back behind the Tigers in the standings and third in the uh, division. Would you rather them win the division or trade at the deadline? Should we get into that? We're not, no, I said we're six not, five one, we're six not five arguing six, today. Five five. We're not arguing. It's like with my wife. I'm drawing the line. We're not talking about that today. That's it. That's that. That's my guy, Judd. Run from controversy. Yeah, bury no, those feelings. No, we did Suppress didn't. conflict. We tried to work through it. Yesterday it didn't work out. Now we're going to move on. We're moving on today. I'm not getting in another debate. Bury it. It'll never come up again. Honey, I cheated oh, on you. You did what? Let's just move on. Let's talk tomorrow. Let's go get- <laughs> in fact, let's put up a Twitter poll right now. That's what we'll do. Honey, I've been doing radio with Patrick again. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, the, craft, the, rogues, the crafty rogues are coming in next. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That is good news on 1500 ESPN.